Guys, I want to talk to you tonight. I know sometimes when you get up here and you, you, you go preacher mode, it's something that just happens when you minister up here. You go preacher mode, and um, I, I pray that I never go preacher mode, but I, I am a preacher, and there's nothing we can do about that. But I want to talk to you tonight as my friends, and how many of you know that tonight, that if you're born again, God knows right where you are. Um, you know, I know a lot of things are happening in our world today. Um, man, it's been happening a lot. People are dealing with a lot of troubles. Uh, people in this room been through a lot this year. Sicknesses. We, we've got people with some serious health issues. And, you know, it's quite sad if you could just be honest with each other that when you're looking at these things, it can be sad and it, it can be grueling. Um, you got people moving, you got people shifting around, you got people doing all, losing jobs, getting jobs, and uh, nobody likes change, right? I was talking to somebody earlier, you know, you move your bedroom furniture around and, you know, you're like, I don't know if I like that. And so people don't like change, we don't like change, but I thank God for Jesus tonight, and I thank God that he loves us and he knows right where we're at. And God is always on the, on the move, right? He's always doing something. He's always going forward. You know, when you read about the Israelites um, in the Old Testament, they would come to a place and they would stop. God would stop them. You know, they would follow the, the cloud by day and the fire by night. And when that cloud stopped, everybody stopped. And when the cloud moved, everybody moved. And so that's the way as we as believers, we, we have to be led by the Spirit of God because I believe that cloud, obviously, and that fire was the Holy Spirit uh, representation of him. And so we just know that we have to be bit led by God in everything you do. And I'm talking about everything. I'm not just talking about, you know, ministry saying everybody's, you know, we got what's up ministry, ministry, ministry. The day that you were born again, you became ministry in Christ. You became a minister of reconciliation. When you said, I do, and you were quickened in your spirit, instant ministry. So, you know, a lot of times we're always looking for something. We're looking for ministry. We're looking to see what God's going to do. And there are things that God is going to do. But you know what? God wants us to, to look at where we are right now. And I believe that God, you know, through that word that he gave Brother Owens to us, you know, you can look forward to something. But I believe God wants you to look forward to what's going on right now in your life, what you're dealing with. You know, Pastor Lee mentioned Thomas, you know, and it's he who was able to say, my Lord and my God, because Jesus did whatever it took to win him. For his faith to be strengthened, it might have been a little weaker than the rest of them. That would have been me out of all the guys. People say, oh, doubting Thomas, they make fun of him. But you know what? He was just wanted to really know for sure. And that's okay. Jesus didn't rebuke him. He said, whatever it takes, hey, if that's what you need to know that I am your God and your Lord, then come on. I, I'm, not, I'm not mad at you. Bring it on. And that's how God is in your life. Because you know what? He wants you to know every single day that he is your Lord and he is your God, no matter what you're facing right now in this room. You know, a lot of times when we stand from the pulpit or you go into people's lives, it seems like we talk about a lot about how God's going to get us through things. And you know what? I want to understand that when I'm going through things, that these are things that can be good. A lot of times we think when we're going through, oh, my gosh, oh, again, oh, that's me. If you don't believe me, you can ask Tammy. That's me. Why? Why does this happening? Well, you know what? It's okay to ask why, but you know what? God said the troubles were going to be here. But I want to be able to look past. If you think about Jesus and you think about him coming and going to the cross, it was not something that he was looking forward to. And he knew exactly what he was going to be dealing with. And he even said in the garden, Father, if there's any other way that this cup could pass from me, let it be. But nevertheless, let your will be done. 
And the Bible says that there was a joy that was set before Jesus, that he endured the cross. So he was able to look past what he was about to go through and even what he was actually dealing with when the time came. Because there was a joy set before him knowing that what he was going through, there was something great that was going to come from that. So whatever you're going through right now, just know that all things work together for good. If you love God, you're called according to his purpose. And there's something greater that you may not see that God's doing in your life right now. And in my life right now. And in this church right now. And in this world right now. Thank God we're on the winning side, right? Thank God that we can say our God and our Lord. Thank God we can come boldly to his throne of grace in our time of need. Jesus has made you... Kings and priests. Pastor Lee's been preaching on it, and I love it. Think about the authority and the position that you've been given. Not only a minister of reconciliation, but a king and a priest. In this hour, this dispensation, big word, I love it. I love learning big words. This dispensation, this time bracket, this frame of timing that you live in and I live in right now. And so God is doing great things. I want to encourage you tonight that if you're a child of God, I say this all the time and I'll always say it because I love it. It's good news. Your steps are ordered of God. Your steps are ordered by God. If, if you are born again, the Bible says in Psalm 37, verse 23, that the steps of a righteous man or the steps of a good man are ordered by God. Who ordered Job's steps? God did. Who ordered Joseph's steps? God did. Who ordered Moses' steps? God did. Who ordered David's steps? God did. Were there failures in the midst of it? Sure. Was there ups and downs and confusions from these great men? Absolutely. Were there times when they were afraid? Absolutely. Were there times where their faith was extremely weak? Absolutely. Did they know God? Yes, they did. Absolutely. Were they able to say, my God and my Lord? Yes, absolutely. And those men, when we read about their lives, it is for our admonition that we read this knowing that if God was with them, then God is with us. Aren't you glad we're not enduring some of the things those men went through? But we may. Right? I mean, we always look at the, yeah, that'll never happen to me. I'm glad it was Job and not me. But it can happen to you. Because the Bible makes it clear in Hebrews 11. That's not bad news. Because look at the lives of these people. For our admonition, when you look at the beginning, you look at the middle, and you look at the end of their life. Hallelujah. It was glorious. And everything brought glory to God. Amen? That's the good news about it. So what is it for you tonight and what is it for me tonight? Amen. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. Whatever God has orchestrated for your life, he's going to bring it to pass. Now, some of you might in this room say, well, I don't know what God's orchestrated for my life. Well, there's a lot of things God has orchestrated for your life. That this great book is full of precious promises And this book is full of God's will for your life. But there is a course for every single human that's walking and born of God. There's a course that God has already mapped out for you. Before you were ever born, the Bible says we were perfectly fashioned in our mother's womb. All of the giftings and abilities were already there before the time that the earth was ever created. God knew you. God already had your life planned out from the beginning to the end. He's Alpha and Omega. He already knew it. When he spoke this world into existence, he spoke man into existence. He already knew exactly where you would be today. That's amazing to me. I can't fathom that. Every thought, every tear. I'm thinking about my brother Billy, you know, dealing with some of the illness that you have in your body. And every tear that you have shed while you're laying in your bed at night wondering, why is this happening to me? I never thought anything like this 
Whatever happened to me? When you were in high school, you didn't think, okay, when I get to be 68, that's a good number, huh? That things like that would be happening to me. But you know what? Your steps are ordered by God. God knows where you're at. You think Job would have thought, oh my gosh, I never thought it was that my children have been killed. My house has been burnt. My animals have been destroyed. I've lost everything that I have. Have you considered my servant Job? His steps were laid out, right? Is God mean? Is he hateful? Is he taunting with your life? Is he playing around with you to check your emotions out? Is he trying to bring you through this life to see if you can make the right decision and when you don't, he's just going to get you? When you're supposed to go left and you go right, is he right there ready to just smack you down? I showed you all these things and you're supposed to go left. You're thinking right, but you don't know which way to go. And let's see if you make the right decision. You better make the right one because you're going to get it if you don't. I think sometimes we paint this picture that this is the God we serve. And it's not. It's not the God we serve at all. You know why? He's He's the one that's got your life orchestrated. How many of you believe that tonight? Say amen. Amen. Well, it's a done deal. Hallelujah. God bless you. Good night. I mean, we could just settle it right there, right? And everybody's smiling. Hey, that ended it. It's a done deal. I don't have to worry about anything. Do you know that that's a true statement? Didn't he tell us not to worry about tomorrow? It'll sort itself out. Seek me first. That's easy. No, I'm going to worry first and try to figure life out. Then I'm going to seek you. That's the hard part. Why do we do that? Why do I do that? My faith is weak. That's why I do that. And God says, you know what? I know your faith is weak, Thomas. I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to ask this question before you ever walked in the room. I knew it before you were born. But you know what? I'm going to be there to guide you. I'll be there to help you. I'll be there to build your faith so that we don't live that way. Amen? Your steps are ordered. Whatever God has orchestrated for your life, he'll bring it to pass. Listen to these passages. Write them down for the sake of time. Isaiah 14, 27. For the Lord Almighty has purposed. And who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out, and who can turn it back? Now, we're talking about our God, our Lord, and our Savior, and our God. Job 42.2, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Proverbs 21.30 says this, There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord our God. Hey, that's a settled done deal, right? We could shut her down right there. Does it get any better than that? How many of you are born again tonight? And if you know that God is your God and he's your Lord, he's your Savior, he's forgiven you, he wrote your name down in the Lamb's book of life. How many of you absolutely know that for a fact? You're fully convinced of that tonight. Let me see a a hand. Look around the room. Here's what the Bible says. There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against your Lord. So what's going on in your life today? Think about that. Second Chronicles 26 says this, 20 verse 6. O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God who is in heaven? That's a question. You are ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand. 
and no one can withstand you. Hey, we're talking about your Lord, your God, your Savior. Doesn't the Bible say if God is for you, who can be against you? Don't forget that. Keep it before your frontlets. If God is for you, Billy, what could possibly be against you? Prostate cancer? Ah, says the Lord. Is he not greater than that? And then we might say, well, if he was greater than that, he'd get rid of it right now. If he was greater than that, he wouldn't have allowed me to get arrested and thrown into prison, accused of rape, saith Joseph. These are questions that our natural mind begins to think, what the world? Why? Right? That's our, man, we say why a lot, don't we? How many of you say why God at least a million times in a year? And sometimes the answers are real slow, right? But you know what he wants you to do? Trust. Trust the fact that no matter what you're seeing, don't live by what you see. I want you to live by faith. What is that? Well, I'm your God. And you know what? There's no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against me, says the Lord. Our God, our Lord, our Father, you are not the God, are you not the God that is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Listen, power and might are in your hands and no one can withstand you. And I would say not even no one can withstand God, but nothing can withstand God. Because all power has been given to Jesus Christ, who is God, in all of heaven and all of the earth. There's no greater power than the power that lives in the born-again believer. And if that's you tonight, hey, God's for us. Nothing's going to come against you. Well, bad things happen to good people. I, I get it. I, I can write a book on it too. But you know what? That doesn't change the promises that God has for us. Your circumstances don't change what God has for us. Amen? Or how many of you are glad for that tonight? Proverbs 19.21 says this. Many are the plans in a man's heart. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, Pastor Lee and I are great friends, brothers. And he has taught me this over the years. And you have been one of those kind of guys that says, well, you always see things that you would like to see. But it's God that prevails over everything in our life. He's number one. His plans and his routes for our life are the best routes. Our pastor teaches us this. God's ways. Do I go left or right? Hey, God's way is the best. Well, which way is it? He'll show you. He's not taunting with you. He'll show you. I mean, if you know that to be true, I mean, you got some t- I mean, everybody's experienced that at some level in your life. I mean, do I buy a green car or a red one? I don't know if that's, you know, matters or not, but maybe it does. You know, maybe you should have bought a red car and you bought a green one. And because you bought a green one, you went to Colorado and your car was hidden. And some guy that was going to take his life didn't see your car because it was camouflaged. And he went and sat on a log by your car. And he's about to take his life. And you get out of the car because he didn't see you there. And you shared the gospel. And the man was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. And went back to his city and won his whole family to Christ. Because you bought a green car and not a red one. So maybe it does matter, right? Everything matters with God. I think God cares about everything in this life. 
You know, sometimes we think, oh, that's just foolish. God don't care. God cares about everything for you. Well, that's just silly. To him, it's not. Well, that's just irrelevant. Maybe to him, it's not. Or maybe it is. But you know what? You're a child of God here tonight. So listen, you cannot thwart the things of God. That word thwart means to prevent someone from accomplishing something. You are not going to prevent God from accomplishing what he wants to accomplish. And guys, I could pull up tons of scripture from the Old Testament that you have read over and over again where God's plans came to pass. And anything or anybody that stepped in his way, you weren't changing his plans, right? I mean, we could just pull, I could sit here all night and read scriptures, but I'm not even go there because we'd be here all night. But every single person that you read about in the Old Testament all the way through the New, God had plans and God fulfilled them. And while you're reading them, you're going, wow, I didn't see that coming. But look, because God did that, now look at what happened. You know, because I bought the green car, look what happened. I mean, that seems silly, but y'all get what I'm trying to draw here. God knows what is to take place for tomorrow in your life. God has brought every one of us through something special from the time you were born again to where you are today. He's not brought you this far to bring confusion. He's not brought you this far to just, you know, get your feelings all out of whack and make you cry and put a sad face on you. God's plans for you are awesome. God has an expected end for everybody. His plans are good for you, even when it don't look good. It's good because God's in control. How many of you can say amen to that tonight? Aren't you glad? I'm going to give God a hand clap of praise. Look at the smiles around her. Don't you love God, how he just ministers and, and, and just really uplifts us when we get into the sludge of the enemy and tries to bring a frowny face on everybody? Dare he, right? He doesn't have authority over you. That enemy has no authority over the child of God. Remember that. The word thwart, listen, it means to oppose a plan, an attempt, or an ambition successfully. You will never overthrow God's plans. That's a fact. Now I'm going to shift this message a little bit, but not really. If y'all were online or here on Sunday night. There was some news that we gave, and I want to talk about that a little bit tonight. And I want you to understand what God is doing in our life. Okay? Can we say that together? Our life. How many of you know that God has brought us together at First New Testament Church? Raise your hand if you know God's brought you here. Now hold it up, Pastor Lee. Look at the hands. Now, hold on, don't, let, don't put your hand down. Don't, don't pull out now. You already lifted it. I don't think I see any. Is there anybody here that don't have their hand lifted? You want a minute? Let me tell you what you're saying right now. Watch. Or you're a fat liar. All right? Stay with me. You're, you're saying right now that you know without a shadow of a doubt that God brought you into this fellowship at First New Testament Church. My hand's raised with you. All right? And how many of you know that God brought you here for a reason? All right? You can put your hands down. God saw you, so now there we are. You just admitted that God brought you into this house. And he's doing something great in your life. How many of you can say tonight that God has done great things because he sent me here? How many of you are glad for the leadership that Pastor Lee brings to this body that God called, God ordained? I know I am. I know my family is. 
I know that I am where I am today because of great leadership. Yeah, from a man, but you know what? He's a man of God. Regardless of what you may think about his character or what color his pants are when he don't sometimes know. But he's a man of God. I'm clapping on the God part because he is just a man who didn't ask for this. God chose him. God had your plan laid out before you ever came out of your mom. Your whole life was already planned out. Right? How's that feel? We could stop there. We then got another hallelujah. How many of you know that you sit just like him? Different course. But God called him. And God called you. You're not him. Thank God he's not us. He'd be messed up. But you're not us. That's good. You're not me. Hallelujah. But everybody's got a course in life. Read about the people in the Bible. Thank God we're not them. And they would probably say, thank God I'm not them. Joseph might rather be in a prison than face some of the things that you faced. But everybody's human. Everybody's born of God. It's walking with God or born of God. And everybody's got a course. I'm talking about people of God. The steps of a righteous man. The born again believer. You're righteous because Christ lives in you. He is the righteous good man. And he lives in you therefore. Don't you love King James? I love that word. So I came into this building next door 23 years ago. October 24th, 1999. Each one reach one. So I exhort you this coming Sunday, invite somebody. They may end up in an altar repenting and have a journey similar to mine. And guys, I'm boasting in my journey because you know what? God's done a lot from that day to right now. My whole family's born again. Multiple people in my family born again. Friendships I had from the past, born again. I've traveled all over the world. I've seen multiple people born again and healed from these hands. And I'm boasting in God because you know what? There's something that God did in this body 23 years ago that you as my friends, most of you have got to watch. I'm boasting in God, not me. Are y'all with me? God did it. And every one of you can say, like Miss friend, you bet he did. I've watched you, son. I've seen God do so much in your life. I'm so proud of what God's doing in your life. Hey, I'm proud of what God's doing in my life. And I hope when you look at my life, as miserable as it is at times, and the frowny face that you may see at times, there's a God that's greater in me. And maybe you look upon that life and are envious of what you see God do. Be envious of what Jesus is doing. You're not me. I'm not you. But you serve the same God as I serve. You serve the same God that Pastor Lee serves. And we're in this together, guys. I wouldn't be where I am today without you. You've been the pillars of my life. You've been the pillars to my wife's life. You've been the pillars to my children's life. My boys are walking with God. My boys are walking in the will of God because people like you have poured into their life, have discipled my children. Amen. People like Felix have poured into my boy's life and my son wants to serve God now. Our great pastor has ministered to our lives over and over. Good times, bad times, flooded houses, almost murdered kid. My mother died, my sister died, my dad died. You were there. 
You were there. We were there together, guys. We walked together. We're not going to end now. We're going to keep walking together. Because we live in the greatest hour, I believe, ever. Ever. This is the hour. Why? Because we get to live in it. Let's brag on it a little bit, right? This hour is great because we live in it. No, this hour is great because Jesus lives in us. And we're in it. God is great. And God has done miraculous things. And because there was somebody obedient to pour in to a broken man that laid at an altar. Something happened. And thousands of people have been affected by one life. By two lives, by three lives, by four lives, by 200 lives. Y'all see how God works? He's the bomb. That's my God. That's my king. That's how he works. He multiplies. And I want to be so consumed by that work that all this other stuff that we're messing about with, I'd see something greater. I can look past the problem and see there's something greater. Because there's something greater, Billy. Oh boy. You'll see it. You'll see it. You can ask Shannon Cannon. Something greater. What a testimony. Her steps are ordered by God. Amen? So I was in a landscape field for years. God took me from a project to another. It's hot. It's hard. I dealt with mean people. Hard, difficult people. Planting, digging, tilling, digging holes, shoveling dirt. People say, man, you're built pretty well. Do you work out? No. I worked out my whole life digging. It's falling apart now, but I did. I was digging every day. Man, you're always dark. Yeah, I got a permanent tan from digging holes in the sun. I hate the beach. You want to go to the beach? No. <laughs> I worked my whole life in the sun. I'm not going on vacation and laying it. That's crazy. Two thousand and six, God gave me a vision. He said, I'm gonna take you out of that work. I'm gonna bring you into a full time ministering position. What's that? Well, you start drawing pictures of what that looks like. When's that going to happen? No answer. Just a drop. I told Pastor Lee, God's called me. He said, I'm going to be a minister. (laughs) Okay, great. Kept pouring into my life, poured into my life, poured into my life. God woke me up in the middle of the night at the end of 2006 and said, I gave you that vision. Let me add to it. I'm going to take you out of that life of of, of landscaping and I'm going to do through your life the same thing I'm doing physically. I'm going to till through your life. I'm going to plant through your life. I'm going to water. I'm going to fertilize. I'm going to trim. I'm going to send you from one project to another and I'm going to pour life out of you into people. You're going to till those old stony hearts. You're going to plant the seed of my word. You're going to herbicide and fertilize. That's my word. That's my spirit moving through you. And God, for the last eight years, well, I don't know. It's been longer than that. My whole life. But God said, I'm going to take you into a different place in your life. I'm going to take you out of that landscaping. And I'm going to bring you into this full-time ministry. Eight years went by before that happened. The end of 2014, I sold all my landscape stuff. I walked away from it. God said, I want you to send it to the burn pile like Elijah sent those great beasts to the burn pit. His oxen. I didn't know what life was going to look like. But it was a huge step for my family. 
the journey begin. God began planting and tilling and designing and mulching and watering and fertilizing and herbiciding. God was ordering my steps. What, what, what is an evangelist? Because that's what God said I've called you to be. And everybody in this room can bear witness. Yes, that dude is that. I see it. So for years I've studied what is the evangelist? What, what does this look like? Ephesians 4 says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. And here's why the gifts are given to just some. I don't know why he didn't give it to everybody. This is just what the word preaches. Ephesians 4 says it's for the perfecting of the saints. That's us. For the work of the ministry. That's what's going on in here and out there. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Hey, we're being built up right now. He's edifying us right now. He's taking something that he's deposited within me. And tonight he's set me right here. And now he's pouring into us. Because he wants your faith to be built. He don't want you tossed around by every wind of doctrine. He don't want the devil taunting with your brain. You're going to be solid till we all come to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, and to a perfect man, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we no more be children from this day forward tossed around by every wind of doctrine. How many of they got a lot of garbage out there? But God keeps us solid, built up, edified, because Pastor Lee stands week after week after week, and others stand in this pulpit and pour that life into us. This is how the gifts work. Life has been very busy for Tammy and I in the last seven years of our life. Y'all walk with us, right? And you know what goes on in our life. Y'all walk with us. Y'all are the ones that support and pray and help and call and encourage over and over again. Y'all have laid hands on us in this altar multiple times. And we love what God's doing in your life. We see what God's doing through your life. Praise God on what God's doing through your lives. Right? That's the work of God. I did not choose this life. I didn't ask for it. God chose it. God had me fashioned before the day was wherever numbered or counted. God did it before I came out of mom. It was God that fashioned this life. And it's God that's going to finish this life. Amen? We've seen a lot. We've seen salvations all over the place. I've seen God heal people right before our eyes, blind people, deaf people, crippled people, people with cancer. Y'all have experienced it. I'm bragging on Jesus in me tonight. I'm bragging on him. Look, these hands, I've watched demons come out of people with these hands. There's a power that lives in us, guys. If we just believe and we're sensitive and we're watching and we're knowing what God wants to do. He just does it. I don't understand it. How do you know? I don't know. It just happens. How do you know what God's saying? I don't know. It just just happens. Right? How many of you know that to be true? You look back now and say, I don't know how that happened. God just made it happen. How did he do it? I don't know. This is what happened and it just happened. How did you know that you were going to be a pastor? I don't know. I caught a glimpse. I took a step of faith. And bam, 36 years down the road. How did it happen? I don't know. God just did it. Amen? That's you tonight. Where are you? What's going on in your life? Not everybody's a pastor. Don't try to achieve to something that somebody else is. There are multitudes of people in this book that never had that type of Moses life, David life, Job's life, Joseph's life, Elijah's life. 
Ruth's life, Esther's life. Not everybody had a life like that. Look at the apostles. They didn't do anything nowhere close to David's big... I mean, you read about David and Moses' life. I mean, you're, 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 you're a moth reading it. And you look at John's life and how much do you get out of the Bible about John? But God used him mightily. I mean, he spoke of in the little bit we read. We're like, wow. Hey, that could be some of us. That could be you. I would almost say you want to trade. But your life is hard just like mine. Your life is hard just like Pastor Lee's. You face battles from the enemy because of your walk with God just like everybody else. Amen? And God's with you. He's there. He's taking care of us, guys. Listen to this. Matthew 10, 5 through 8 says, These 12 Jesus sent forth, and he commanded him, saying, go into, the, go into the way of the Gentiles, and into the city of the Samaritans, enter not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And when you go, I want you to preach, saying that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Stop there just for a second. Preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Guys, Jesus hadn't gone to the cross and resurrected from the grave at this point. But when he did resurrect and the Holy Ghost came and he resides now and upon and in your life, you are the kingdom of heaven. You've become the kingdom of God right here on earth. That's an authority that God has put in all of us. And because of that authority, I want you to go and heal the sick. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's, that's, that's the life in you, Andrew. So go heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely go and give. That's What an honor we have, Right? There's something that's been deposited within your life. Even though you got all these problems, like all of us do, let's just look past that at why we exist. The kingdom of God lives in you. Now go. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Right? I can't do that. Yes, you can, Jeff. Yes, you can. You know why you can? Because God's given you grace to can. He's given you grace so that you can. We'll just say to can. Grace. An ability that's not yours. It comes from God. You can. And you will. Amen? It's amazing to watch what God is doing in this earth. Guys, in the last year, I'm going to just shift this a little bit for the sake of the clock. I thank you for bearing with me on this message tonight. Because I wanted to share what I'm sharing right now. But God said, I want to encourage my people in the midst of this. So that we as a body together can watch God move together in the hour that we live Together. How often do y'all see Billy? Every Sunday? Talking about Billy McElroy, not Billy Smith. See him on Sunday, Wednesday, right? I was talking to Lori earlier and I said, Lori, once the, she's the only Lori in here, right? Oh, more Lori's. That's right. Um, we see each other across the room, but she's there. Something about the presence of God in her life that we like. I see Miss Fran a couple of times, you know. We're always gone, you know, we, we see each other on Sunday, we're hugging, we're in the altars together. But there's something about the relationship of being present together. 
There's something God's doing in the body when we're together, right? That's why we're here at First New Testament, not somewhere else. Because God brought you here. We raised our hands. So we're working together. But God has special callings for each of us. And for the last year and a half, y'all look over there and Jeff and Tammy's not there. Where are they? Most of you know we're out on the field somewhere. Well, they've been going to West Monroe quite frequently. What's going on over there? So we share on the prayer chain. We share a little bit from the pulpit. We share on Facebook. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. God sent us up there to help these people. My wife's mom and dad go to this church called New Hope Worship Center, West Monroe, Louisiana. We met these folks about a year and a half ago. I was preaching a four-day revival on a football field in the middle of Balcomville, which is a low-end housing area. This church is very close to there. These people that were there were from Tammy's mom and dad's church. They're like, oh my gosh, how often do you come up here? I said, well, every so often my wife's mom and dad go to your church, of course, and, you know, we come up here to visit them. Hey, next time you come in town, would you come preach for us? We have a small church. We don't have a pastor. Would you come fill in every now and then? I said, well, I'm a busy man. I minister at my home church down south, but hey, let's just ask God whatever his will is. If I, if God opens the door, I'll do it. Well, God did over and over and over again. Come on, you can clap. God said, I want you to help this church. There's something I'm doing and I want you to be a part of it. That's the nugget. Boom, that's it. All right, step out in faith. People are like, hey, y'all not going to move to Monroe, are you? No, I'm not moving to Monroe. Oh, good. I just thought since y'all been going up there, y'all were going to move to Monroe. No. Another month goes by. Y'all aren't moving to Monroe, are you? Um, no. I'm just helping. God told us to help. So y'all pray. Let's help together. Another month goes by. Are y'all moving? No, we're not moving. Stop asking. But I get why you ask. I would be asking too, right? Because we're friends. We're family. We don't want you to go. We love you. I love you. We love you. God's been doing an amazing work in Monroe. Let me just briefly tell you right quick. We do this soup kitchen a couple times a month. We have 200 plus people come in there. Sometimes 300. Sometimes 500. Listen to this. We've seen a lady that was blind in one eye get healed. She can see now. We've seen, listen, there was another woman in this soup kitchen while, while we were there ministering. Severely infected tooth. She was going to have to go to the dentist and they were going to have to do surgery on her jaw. She said, I went and I was waiting to get to the man of God. That's how she said it. She doesn't know the Lord. But she called me the man of God. And hey, can we brag on Jesus? Nothing special about me. But when you read in the Bible, the people wanted to get to the man or the woman of God. I knew if I could just get to you and you could pray for me, God would heal me. Do you know that while I was preaching, God healed her? Never touched her. Never laid a hand on her. She testified. She came to church the following week and said, I went back to the dentist. There was no more infection. They don't have to do surgery. And the pain is gone. I never touched her. But in her head, she knew that if she could get to the, to, to the kingdom of God at hand, that was the man of God, God would touch her. And he's thinking, man, there's enough faith right there. You're, you're healed. They don't even have to touch the man. Don't, don't even have to ask. That was enough faith right there. Boom, it's a done deal. Healed. Listen, as a man with vascular disease in his leg from diabetes, doctors told him they were going to have to amputate his foot. He came to the soup kitchen. He's on crutches. His foot was so swollen, oozing. It was horrible looking. I got on my knees and laid hands on that man's leg. And I prayed over him. The following week, he came back. No crutches. Walking on his foot, said the doctor had told him if 
if, if God didn't work a miracle. That was the, the words from the doctor. If God don't work a miracle, we're going to have to amputate your foot. God healed him. The next week when he came back to the soup kitchen, he's walking. And the doctor told him, we're not going to have to amputate your foot. And the man said, well, I went to the soup kitchen I go to all the time. And the man of God laid hands on me and I'm healed. We're talking about the kingdom of God, guys. I'm not trying to blow my horn. I'm telling you about God living in us, guys. This is what God's doing in the world out there. He just wants you to see it, believe him, and watch him at work. Amen? A deaf lady that was deaf in her ear for years, been deaf, has a hearing aid. God healed her. A crippled lady that was in the wheelchair for, I don't know how long, maybe, I don't, I don't know how many years or, or months or whatever. She was in a wheelchair. She started coming from the soup kitchen to the church. We laid hands on her, and three weeks later, she comes in the church without the wheelchair. She walked all the way from her car into the church. God healed her. I don't know when he healed her. It, like I said, sometimes you don't have to lay hands on people. The centurion soldier, you know, God just did it. But she was coming to the church, hearing the word of God, and she's believing. There was a boy that had cancer, testicular cancer. And they told this young boy he was in a stage four of this cancer in his body. So they put him in surgery, or they were going to put him in surgery and remove this tumor. The grandmother happened to be the lady in the wheelchair that God healed. She's in church. She's crying. She's thanking God for her healing. She said, this is what's going on with my grandson. We laid hands and prayed for her grandson. And the grandson went to the doctor. They removed the tumor. No cancer. They biopsied it prior to the removal and said he was in stage four. They took it out. No cancer. Hey, that's God. Come on, let's praise him. Look, they had another guy. Check this out. They had another guy coming there, a Latino guy. He was in there. His wife speaks English. He doesn't. So he comes down and they're in the line. His wife is crying. She's flagging me to come over. And she said, my, my husband has liver failure. And he was yellow. His eyes were yellow. Sickly looking guy. She said, the doctors aren't giving him long to live. But we came tonight not for the food, but to get here so that you could pray for him. Guys, look, I'm going to be honest with you. That's humbling for someone to say something like that. I mean, here we are standing between God and man. Because God lives in us, and someone's coming to God, but they're looking at you. Are y'all with me? And they say, I, I just wanted to get here for you to pray. And guys, I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost showed me to do. How do you know? I don't know. But this is what he showed me. Stop everything in this place. And this is what God had me do. I stood up on the table, and I said, hey, for everybody, I want you to stop what you're doing right now. Stop. Everything stop. You could have heard a pin drop. I said, for everybody in this room that believes that God exists and believes that Jesus is the healer, whether you're walking with him, whether you know him, whether you're born again or not, if you believe that God is God and God is the great physician, I want you to pray. I'm about to pray for this man to be delivered from this liver. I mean, the Holy Ghost just gave me that boldness. The whole place lifted their hands. Lost people and saved. Pray for this guy. He came back to two weeks later. He came back in that room completely healed. And hey, you know what I did, right? Y'all know what I did. I got back on that table and I preached a message about that guy being healed. I said, this is the same thing that we see in the Gospels. And God is doing it so that you would believe. Come on now. Amen. And hey. Hey, we've seen a lot of miracles, Pastor Lee. I mean, we've seen a lot of miracles in here. But I'm going to tell you what. These miracles have been back to back to back to back, guys. There's a few more. I'm not going to do them because we're running out of clock. Amen? I just want to let you know tonight that God has been pressing us to help this church more. This is what they said. Would you please 
come and help us. Would you please consider pastoring our church? And I'm thinking in myself, no. I have a church. I have people in my life that I help shepherd here. And I'm telling God, no, God. And the people are going, please, would you help us? And I caught a picture as if I were driving a boat. And I passed some people that were drowning. There were five people. I had six life jackets. And they're saying, please help us. And I just drove by. I hope somebody else comes to help you. I got six life jackets. There's only five of you, but I'm going to hang on to them. Right? I'm talking about me now. I'm talking about what God's doing right now. And God said, no, you go back. And you help them. That's, That's my work. Those are my people. I want to save them. I want to deliver them. Three of them stooped in religion and they don't even know it. The other two have never been born again. You take those life jackets that you've been given and you go give it to them. Go save them. Are y'all hearing me? Hey, we're in this together. Go save them. I gave those life jackets to you and I even gave you an extra one. Just in case one blew out of the boat, you'll have enough. Amen? So what are you saying, Jeff? Are you moving to Monroe? Yes. I am. Yes, we are. Now, if you ask me in my flesh, is that what you want to do? Can I be honest and say no? Switch places with me. All right? I ain't going to try to get emotional on you. Just trade places. 23 years. All your friends are here. Your family are born and raised in Baton Rouge, right? Y'all ever been to my house? It's beautiful because of my wife's decorations. Hey, just sell your house and move. Ah, oh, no big deal. Yeah. Really? Right? I'm being real with you. All of my friends, right? Who does that? You're out of your mind. I mean, my gosh, you go to the greatest church in South Louisiana, right? You got the most awesome pastor in the world. I will always have the most awesome pastor in the world. Always. So, yeah, it's sad. But let me just tell you this so we get these smiles back up. You listen to me close. You listen to your friend Jeff Lee. Hey, we are in this together. We are going together to watch God bring these life preservers to these people who are stooped in religion. The lost people are afraid to go to church because of religion. They're scared to go to people who look like they are the people of God because of religion. Destroying thousands of people. Lost people go into churches down there and they're told not to come back unless they take a bath. Come back when you're dressed a little better. And by the way, you're going to sit in the back. You're not going to come up in the front and stink it up. I can see Jesus on the side of the mountain and you got a bunch of people from Samaria walk over there and they stink. And he says, look, you sit over there in the backside of the hill because you smell. No way. You see my little bit of a, yeah, that's right. That's how Jesus was against religion. And God gave us a vision that we're going into those streets as if Jesus were standing there and said, hey, that is not me. This is me. Can you see the miracles? You see the love? You see the joy? You see the acceptance? You see the hugs and you smell like manure and they're not afraid to touch you? You know why? Because that's me. That's not. And for years, people have been duped with all of that law, all of that legalistic nonsense from every flavor of denomination up there. And I'll say that with authority and I'm not ashamed of it. 
Because religion has been murdering and killing people for years and the devil loves it. It is one of his greatest arrows in his quiver. And I'll be to dead gum. How about that one? In Jesus' name, under his authority, to watch people continue to live and be duped by that devil. Because I'm going to tell you what, we got a word to preach to people to bring life. And it's called grace. It's the grace of God. Come on. It's the grace of God. And I'm going to tell you what, we are going to stand together. And we're going to watch God save people. We're going to watch God heal people because you're going to walk with us. It's not goodbye. We're not going to China. We can be a little sadder for our friends and sharers. Yeah, you're away across the ocean. Pick a better place next time, right? I got you beat. 190. Top that one, you trout sniffer. All right, I'm burning the clock up here. I took a full hour. Right? It's sad, but you know what? You're walking in the will of God. Who moves to Saudi Arabia, right? My God, is it not hot enough here? Do you think he's like, hey, you know what I think we'll do? Let's move to Saudi Arabia. They work for Exxon. They could move to a lot of different places. Let's go somewhere a little nicer, right? At least they speak the same language. Are you with me? People don't just choose and pick. I hope you don't. If you do, guess what's going to happen? God's going to order your steps. You'll go right back in. Ask Jonah. Right? Need I say any more? Your steps are ordered of God. You're walking with God. We're walking together. 190 miles away. Do you know this could be some of the greatest extension of missions this church has seen? No airplane to get there. Three and a half hours in a car if you drive like Aaron Lee. You can do it in three. Y'all laughed at the first one. I pulled it back. If you're riding with Tom, it's Tommy, you'll, it'll be five hours. Because he does not go over 35 miles an hour. I ain't lying. Ride with him. Get it? serious that's why the Porsche people hired him they know they're not he's not going to tear their cars up are y'all with me tonight can we stand to our feet amen come on let's give God a hand clap of praise now listen to me listen to me come up here Pastor Lee look we don't need no frowny faces up in here and let me tell you what I want y'all to do how many heard from God tonight come on Three people? What the world? We heard from, I know I was talking, but we heard from God tonight, right? Can we walk in this together? Can we do that? Can we do that? Oh my gosh, Jeff and Tammy are leaving. Stop it! Come on, let's walk together, right? Paul and Silas went out. I'm not Paul or Silas. Praise God, it's Jeff and Tammy and Aaron. Aaron is in Monroe right now ministering to the youth. Can we thank God for that? Aaron's closer to God than he's ever been. God has stirred his little precious heart up. I love my kids. And he's working with the youth right now. Listen to me. No frowny faces. No frowny faces for the sharers. And others that are are not walking and they're walking in the will of God somewhere. Listen, guys. Let's stay together. Let's work together. Thank God for FaceTime, right? I can't touch you, but man, look, we're always on the run anyway, right? I can get a hug every now and then. He's a busy man as well, right? Hey, this church is an extension to the world. This church is an extension to the country that we live in. Hey, let's work together. Well, I just don't know what God's will is. Hey, would you pray for me? That'll be God's will for you. Go win some souls. That's God's will for you. Go love the people in your family, in your workplace. That's God's will for you. Pray. Sin. Believe. No more frowny faces. Look, I'm tired of looking in the mirror at my own frowny face. 
I want to walk with God and I want to believe God to finish what he's doing through First New Testament church in the hour that we live. I'm going to say this last thing and I'm going to be done. He said, amen. Reel her in, son. Five minutes is all you get. Tonight I took 40 minutes. (laughs) I love my brother. I love it. I took all my fives up. What was I going to say? My emotions. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm all wound out, but I'm excited. What was I going to say? I see that. I know how you feel. Hey, yeah, let's pray. Look, guys, we're walking this together. Can y'all do me a favor? No more who are you. Hey, we got a guest today. No more of that. I'm serious. Listen to me. We're working together, guys. We're going to work together. We're going to see the kingdom of God advanced. And we're going to do it together. 190 miles away. This is going to open a lot of doors for all of us to travel and minister right up the road. We need your help. So be good for this church. Let's encourage each other, guys, that this is a good thing that God is doing in this hour. Amen. Let's pray. I love you, brother.